Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Jake Crumpler. What's up, fellow fantasy managers? Welcome back to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast brought to you by PitcherList.com. My name is Jake Crumpler, and I'll be taking over for Bubba as the host for this weekday episode of the podcast. You can follow me at Jake Crumpler on Twitter and can find all of my work at CrumplerBaseball.com. Let's dive into everything baseball-related from Thursday, September 28th. We'll start it off, as always, with the transactions, injuries, news, and notes from around the league. We have a couple of IL placements. The first one is second baseman Jeff McNeil of the Mets being placed on the 10-day IL with a left elbow sprain. McNeil was diagnosed with a partial tear of his UCL, but he will avoid surgery as he goes for the PRP route. He had been playing mostly in the outfield in recent weeks, so his replacement will be a platoon between Rafael Ortega and Tim Locastro. Third baseman J.D. Davis of the Giants was placed on the 10-day IL with a shoulder strain. Davis will miss the final week of the season. Wilmer Flores will fill in full-time at the hot corner this weekend. In terms of transactions, outfielder Mickey Moniak of the Angels was activated from the 10-day IL. It looked like Moniak's season was done after he hit the IL with left back tightness in early September, but he'll return to play in the final series of the season. The same can be said for outfielder Garrett Mitchell of the Brewers as he was activated from the 60-day IL after dislocating his shoulder in mid-April. Mitchell was doomed to miss the remainder of the season. Instead, he will return just in time for the postseason for a team in desperate need of both good hitting and field in the outfield. In terms of news, shortstop Carlos Correa won't play in the Twins' final series of the season. Instead, he'll remain in Minnesota and take part in sim games to prepare for the postseason. And lastly, both Mitch Keller and Logan Webb, as well as Brandon Woodruff, won't start on the final day of the season. So we'll have a couple aces taking the weekend off as a couple prepare for an offseason of work and one prepares for an important postseason series. And before we look at the notable performances from Thursday, now is the best time to get PL Plus or PL Pro. Not only do you get an ad-free website, but you also get access to the exclusive PitcherList Discord as well as 10% off all items in the store. You also get access to premium content and tools on the website. And on top of all of that, and just in time for football season, you have access to the aforementioned PitcherList Discord, which includes QB List. Over on the Discord, we have Sunday morning live chats, which help you build your lineups for fantasy football. It also helps you make waiver claims. You can participate in constant discussion as well as having access to bonus content. And that's not to mention all of the fun we will have freaking out over the MLB playoffs this October. It's about to be lit up in the PitcherList Discord because not only do you have all of this fantasy baseball content, all of the postseason content, all this fantasy football content, but there's also miscellaneous channels where you can discuss TV shows, video games, you name it. I'll also take this time to mention to check out Nick's watch parties over on playback.tv 
slash pitcher list. All you have to do is link your MLB.tv account or your cable provider and you can join Nick as he watches some big playoff games this coming October and he'll often bring on guests to come watch with him so it's a great way to consume these games and PL Plus and PL Pro are the best way to consume pitcher list content as we dive into the football season and into the postseason. Now we'll check out the notable performances from Thursday, a day in which we had 12 games as the Tigers and the Royals wrapped up their suspended game from Wednesday. We also saw the Marlins and Mets game get postponed in the ninth inning with a one run difference. That one might be made up at the end of the season if necessary. We'll start it off with our hitters leading off with Charlie Blackman versus the Dodgers as he helped the Rockies to win going three for five scoring twice with a home run two doubles two runs batted in and a steal. He's up to eight home runs and three steals on the season now. His home run traveled 380 feet with a 93.3 mile per hour exit velocity. It's been a slow and steady decline in his mid 30s as Blackman continuously posted worse WRC plus and F4 numbers in successive years from 2019 to 2022 and it looked like that trend would continue as the longtime Rocky was no longer the force with the bat he once was. Blackman posted a 95 WRC plus and hit just five long balls across the first two and a half months of this season. Then he fractured his hand in mid-July and it seemed as though it'd be a sad farewell campaign in what is the last guaranteed year of his six-year $113 million contract. Blackman returned two months later and somehow recaptured the form that made him a four-time All-Star. Since his return in mid-August, he's batted 311 with four dingers and a WRC plus north of 120. This run has boosted Blackman's season-long numbers to the point that it's been his best season in the WRC plus and F4 departments since pre-pandemic. There's still little guarantee we see Blackman back in the majors next year, but given the fact that he showed he's still got some thump left in his bat, the Rockies might just bring him back for old time's sake in 2024. Brandon Belt had a big game for the Blue Jays as he helped his team to a win versus the Yankees, going one for four with a run, a home run, and three runs batted in. It was his 17th home run of the year, and it traveled 409 feet with a 106 mile per hour exit velocity. Belt reinvigorated his career when the Giants installed their cheating lab and finally tapped into his long dormant but apparent power. 2020 was just the appetizer to the full course in 2021 when he swatted 29 taters and posted a 159 WRC+. That would be the only real taste we would get of that level of play from Belt as he struggled with injuries to round out his career in San Francisco last year. The Blue Jays gave him a chance heading into 2023 as they were in need of a left-handed hitting first baseman and Belt has filled that role perfectly and while he was unable to fully recapture his 2021 form, he's still incredible with the bat. Belt has had one of the best offensive seasons of his career with a WRC plus above 135 and his second highest war total since 2017. The Blue Jays have deployed him strictly against right-handed pitchers and he demolished them to the tune of a WRC plus nearing 145. At this point in his career, Belt is more of a role player, but he proved this year that he can be valuable in that role and that should earn him another contract this offseason. And lastly, we have Andrew Vaughn versus the Diamondbacks as he helped the White Sox to a win going one for three with a run, a home run, and two runs batted in. It was his 21st home run of the year and it traveled 383 feet with a 105.7 mile per hour exit velocity. Vaughn was one of those guys I was sure would break out this year. In the middle of a strong White Sox lineup, he had the prospect pedigree to be one of the best hitters in baseball and paired elite hard hit numbers with an exceptionally low strikeout rate for someone of his batted ball prowess. Instead, Vaughn took a step back offensively. While he set a career high in dingers, his batting average dropped more than 10 points, he struck out more often, and his WRC Plus reflected a player that was nearly 10% worse than he was in his sophomore campaign. Now the big question remains, will I still be betting on a Vaughn breakout in 2024? Well, it'll be a convoluted answer. First off, from a team perspective, the lineup 
lineup around him has gotten worse, and I don't expect the team to bring in reinforcements this winter. On top of that, Vaughn's StatCast metrics don't suggest that he was unlucky, and he fell off in the strikeout department, one of the key stats that made him stand out in my eyes last offseason. On the other hand, Vaughn will be only 26 next year, and there are some promising developments under the hood. He pulled the ball in the air more often than ever, which was an area that I hoped he would improve after underwhelming in the power department in his first two seasons. Ultimately, I don't think I'll be touting Vaughn as a can't-miss breakout candidate this offseason, but I definitely won't be crossing him off my draft list because the capabilities for a big year are still there, and the baseline he set as a league average fantasy contributor who can play a full season should not go overlooked. Don't give up on Vaughn just yet. But if you'd like a breakdown of the notable hitting performances from Thursday, check out the Daily Batters Box article over on PitcherList.com. Now we'll head to the mound and check out the notable starting pitching performances, opening with Chris Bassett versus the Yankees as he earned the win, tossing seven and two-thirds scoreless innings, allowing just five hits and a walk while striking out 12 batters. He induced 21 whiffs and a 41% CSW across 106 pitches. That 41% CSW led baseball on the day and earned Bassett the King Cole. Baseball savant suggests Bassett utilized eight different pitches on Thursday, wild. His five most thrown pitches were all great. His sinker earned five swings and misses and stole 12 called strikes for 35% CSW. His cutter induced five whiffs and went for 47% CSW. His curve sat at 38% CSW and his changeup at 50% CSW, while his sweeper was unhittable, inducing five whiffs on eight offerings and turning in 75% CSW. One night after Garrett Cole capped off his season in style, Bassett followed suit with his own dominant campaign closing outing. It was the final piece to what can be considered the best season of his career. His 7.2 innings in the start allowed him to reach exactly 200 innings, a feat he had never completed in his career. The 12 strikeouts also tied a career high as he stretched his career high season-long strikeout total across the 180 threshold. Bassett also earned his 16th win of the year, surpassing his career high of 15 set last year with the Mets. What was the big difference for Bassett in 2023? Well, honestly, he was worse than years past in almost every rate stat. The only real difference was that he stayed healthy for 33 starts and consistently pitched deep into ballgames. Bassett still has two more years left on his deal with the Blue Jays, and despite being in his mid-30s, he should make good on his team's investment. Dean Kramer had a big game for the Orioles versus the Red Sox as he earned the win, tossing five and a third scoreless innings, allowing just three base runners, two hits, and a walk while striking out eight batters. He induced 15 whiffs with a 33% CSW across 88 pitches, and Kramer's heater did most of the work, inducing eight whiffs while going for 34% CSW. The right-hander has had a somewhat underrated season. Kramer isn't a fantasy standout because he's not a big strikeout guy, and he doesn't excel with his rate stats, but from a pure baseball standpoint, he was plenty valuable for the Orioles because he took the ball every fifth day and gave his team a chance to win. And despite an ERA nearly a full run worse than his first full season in 2023, Kramer actually made improvements to his game. He increased his strikeout rate by more than 4% and threw his fastball almost a full mile per hour harder. Kramer got beat by more than his fair share of long balls, but throughout the season, he was someone fantasy managers could count on as a streamer and Orioles fans could count on to keep games competitive. And lastly, we have David Peterson versus the Marlins in that aforementioned suspended game. He took the no decision, tossing seven scoreless innings, allowing just four hits and four walks while striking out eight. Peterson induced 13 whiffs on 27% CSW across 113 pitches. His sinker was a called strike machine, racking up 15 called strikes and going for 42% CSW. We all know that isn't sustainable, but it doesn't matter because this was his last start of the season and the Mets will not be participating in the playoffs. Peterson has been featured a couple of times on first pitch throughout the year. Early on, it was because of his struggles, but recently it's been because of his strikeout totals. And on Thursday, he racked up eight strikeouts and pitched his tail off with a season high 113 pitches. The Southpaw was used 
pitched out of the bullpen after a midseason demotion to the minors, and then Peterson returned to the rotation in early August. And while his ERA in 10 starts was good at 3.88, it was the way he achieved that number that was notable. He struck out at least eight batters in four of his final six starts, leading to a strikeout rate north of 28% during his season-ending span of 10 starts. That's right in line with what Peterson was doing last year and what got us excited to take him late in drafts as a hopeful breakout. It bodes well for Peterson next year that he was able to recover his punch-out prowess while maintaining his typically exceptional ground ball numbers. We may have just been a year too early on him. Is 2024 the year Peterson fully ascends? We'll have to wait to find out. But if you'd like a breakdown of every single start from Thursday, give the Plus Pitch Podcast a listen and check out Nick's daily starting pitcher roundup over on PitcherList.com. Now we'll head to the bullpen and check out the relievers that got saves and the closers that pitched outside of save situations or blew their saves. Tyler Wells got his first career saves as he was moved to the bullpen and filled in while the team rested overused closer Yenier Cano. Brian Shaw got his fourth save and he seems to be the go-to closer over Garrett Crochet and Aaron Bummer to close out the season, pun intended. Trevor May got his 21st save. He's on a 12 and two-third inning scoreless streak and has finally solved his walk issues with just three walks during that time. Russell Iglesias got save number 32. David Bednar went for save number 38 and his 21 saves in the second half lead baseball and he also tied for the NL lead for the season with that 38th save. And lastly, Ethan Small got his first career save as the Brewers look to keep Devin Williams' workload light prior to the postseason. In terms of closers to pitch outside of save situations or blow their saves, Alex Lang pitched the ninth with a four-run lead. Andres Munoz got the final out in the ninth, then earned his fourth win when the team walked it off in the bottom half, which came off of Jonathan Hernandez, who came on to clean up Araldis Chapman's mess but failed to do so. Jose Leclerc pitched a clean eighth and should be the favorite for saves this weekend. Craig Kimbrell pitched a scoreless ninth with a one-run deficit as he looks to regain his confidence in time for the playoffs. And lastly, Evan Phillips shared the eighth with Caleb Ferguson as the Dodgers attempt to keep him fresh with an upcoming bye during the wildcard round of the playoffs. But if you'd like a breakdown of the notable relief pitching performances from Thursday, check out the Daily Relief Ranks article over on PitcherList.com. And before we look forward to today's games, we're going to take a quick break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Now we'll look forward to Friday, September 29th, a day in which we'll have a full slate of 15 games. We'll have full slates across the final three days of the season. My matchup of the day is Brandon Woodruff versus Kyle Hendricks. These are two very different pitchers and they'll square off as the Cubs look to keep their postseason hopes alive. In terms of probable starters, we've got two guys in the auto starts tier, including Woodruff. We also have Zach Gallen versus the Astros. In the probably starts tier, we've got six guys and that's where we'll find our streamer of the day in Connor Phillips in St. Louis. Phillips is a boomer bust 
best cherry bomb, but he has a higher floor taking on a weakened offense in St. Louis. I'd also keep an eye out for Ken Waldachuk against the Angels. It's more of a strikeout play, but the Angels have been a bottom five offense against Southpaws since the calendar flip to August. In terms of hitter suggestions, I would say Twins and Rockies hitters in cores. The Rockies are sending Southpaw Ty Block to the mound, so target Kyle Farmer and his 119 WRC plus versus lefties this year. The Twins will start right-hander Joe Ryan, and in terms of left-handed hitters on the Rockies, Nolan Jones has been on fire in the second half, and so has the aforementioned Charlie Blackman. And now we'll close things out with our relievers to watch. Both Jose Leclerc and Araldis Chapman have pitched on consecutive days. And with the season on the line, I wouldn't be surprised if the team turned to Leclerc for a third day in a row. If not, then Will Smith might get a chance to redeem himself. And lastly, Brian Shaw has pitched on back-to-back days. The White Sox have not been shy to overuse Shaw this year, but if they'd rather take it easy on him today, Garrett Crochet may be more likely to pitch than Aaron Bummer because the latter pitched yesterday. But that'll do it for today's episode of the First Pitch Podcast. Make sure to head on over to pitcherlist.com to check out all of the great articles and features we have on the site, including fantastic player pages and daily DFS suggestions. Join PL Pro to gain access to the Discord to interact with PitcherList staff and members of the community, as well as to utilize the in-season tools to help you win your leagues. You also get access to QB List content over on the PitcherList Discord. That'll wrap up this edition of the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Crumpler. Tune in tomorrow and every day for a new installment of the podcast, and make sure to enjoy the day as we are blessed with another day of baseball this has been the first pitch podcast brought to you by pitcherlist.com if you enjoyed today's episode rate us on itunes follow us on twitter at pitcherlist and help support what we do by joining our discord with pitcherlist plus at pitcherlist.com slash plus